Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The Crowning Moment. My name is Casey Gibson, and today we have another special guest, and he's going to introduce himself. Hey, my name is Stephen Roddy, founder of Pageant Planet, which is the largest pageant community in the world. Awesome. Well, Stephen, thank you so much for sitting down with me. I know this was one of my favorite episodes that I've been definitely waiting to record and put out there for the listeners to hear more about. So let's hear about who is actually behind Pageant Planet and, you know, what do you do? What is your, you know, world before pageantry? Who are you? Well, the world before Pageant Planet. So I went to school to be a preacher out of all things. And um, after seminary, I just figured, I felt like God was calling me more and more into the realm of business. And I had this wild dream at the age of 12 that I want to own a football team. And so I woke up, it was like 20, I was 23 at the time. And one of my other good friends knew I had this dream. And he saw this Forbes magazine that said like, own your own football team. And so he bought it for me. And said, oh, I thought you would get a kick out of this. And I read the, the, the article and I was really inspired. It said you need to have like $5 million of assets and all that. I was waiting tables at the time at the Cheesecake Factory. So definitely did not you know, have $5 million in assets. But I just said, I'm going to buy it. I'm going to buy a football team. I'm just going to swing for the fence and see if I can make it happen. So um, it was about six months later. I pulled together a bunch of investors. I found a team for sale and then pulled together a bunch of investors, did creative financing. And at 23, at the time, I was the youngest person to ever own an arena football team. And that was down in Georgia. Who's the prettiest girl I can get to do the coin toss? And so I looked into it and like, you could hire Miss Georgia to do a coin toss. So basically I hired Miss Georgia. There was another contestant who came, you know, because girls, oh, Miss Georgia's going to be there. So a bunch of contestants. And like, I knew her parents, her parents were in the owner suite with me. And so she came in to see her parents and I met her before. And then like that girl and I started dating and I watched her whole journey um, from going from a local tile holder to like Miss Georgia, then Miss America. And after the football team, I was looking for my next business. And I thought this would be awesome. Like I could create something from home. I wouldn't have to leave. And uh, I could work at home in my pajama pants if I desired. And I didn't know about the realm of judging and emceeing and appearances. And all. I mean, that was, that was not even on the realm. I just thought if I give away this free information of like how to compete, get a lot of contestants to come to my site and like advertisers would love to be in front of this demographic of people. And that was kind of how I got into this industry. That is so awesome. Such a very different path than I would have ever expected. <laughs> that is kind of funny though. So, you know, after you dated the Miss Georgia and watched her whole journey, like what was one of the things you took away that, you know, ultimately inspired this new idea for Pageant Planet? It, the thing that inspired it was, um, first off, the thing that endeared me to the industry is it was not dis. I mean, it was very similar to an, a sporting event. I mean, people are going crazy in the crowds, like oh, signs, like, we love you. I'm like, whoa, this is not what I expected. And I also saw the metamorphosis that she went through in confidence and her image and just her contacts. It was, it was pretty dramatic. And I know just as a business person, I've got to pay thousands of dollars to go to a personal development co- uh, conference. I've got to hire consultants, thousand dollars an hour six hundred dollars an hour like for them to coach me 
And that's just all built in in pageantry. So I love that aspect. And where um, where I just saw the opportunity after is I just was trying to create something that I would love to do. And so I was focusing more on what I wanted to get out of a business, not necessarily what I wanted to do. Um, and so when I looked at, I asked myself, because the thing is most people, when they go after a job or a business, they say, oh, I think I want to be a doctor without really realizing what they want out of life. And so what my experience has been is that a lot of people are miserable in what they're doing. They'll go out to be a doctor, a business owner, or whatever, and then they'll do that thing. And they don't like the people they work with. They don't like the location. They don't like the amount of money they're making. Don't like their lack of time off, whatever. So I just decided to reverse engineer it and say, how much money did I want to make? Where did I want to work? Like, you know, out of a coffee shop, my house, the beach someplace. Um, how many hours a week did I want to work? And like, what did I want to wear to work clothing wise? And my answer was pretty ridiculous. It was like, well, I want to work whenever I want to work and don't work whenever I don't want to work. I want to work wherever I am. I want to wear whatever I want. Sometimes I feel like dressing up. Sometimes I feel like dressing down. Um, and I want to make, I don't want to have a cap on the amount of money that I can make. Well, so a traditional job was out for me. A traditional business was out for me. And when I started Pageant Plan in 2009, the internet was just real. I mean, it was alive before, but with the advent of social media, it was like really exploding onto the scene. So I saw that as a viable option. And one of my mentors was already making multiple six figures in the space of internet marketing. So I leaned on his expertise and was like, hey, how do you, how do you make this work? And he taught me. Um, and when I was analyzing as a business, you just look what's, what's around you. And I analyzed like 30 or 40 different opportunities. And I just saw pageantry as a really cool opportunity um, to capitalize on because no one else was doing anything remotely creative in the space. Because before Pageant Planet, there was no blogs on how to like do coaching. And in fact, I presented this, this idea to my girlfriend and she was like, it, 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 the industry doesn't work like that. It's, it wouldn't work because you don't find coaches like that or girls don't go online to find coaching they, they go through, you know, their, their, their friend group, but she didn't know that people in Zimbabwe didn't have a friend group, you know, or people in you know, London, UK, Scotland, whatever. And that was like my audience thing. People in Idaho that didn't have a coach within like 300 miles and they were a first time pageant girl. None of the actual pageants would actually talk to me or pageant girls, you know? So, um, yeah, that's, that felt like I rambled a little bit, but that's where, that's where we are. That's so awesome. And especially going back to when you said 2009, like I remember sitting in my living room, I was, oh gosh, I was probably like nine or 10 at the time and being able to log into Facebook and like play on like social media. I thought I was like breaking all the rules. My parents told me, don't do that. Don't make an email for yourself. You're too young. But now looking back at I'm like, that was me. I was that person out there searching, like, how do I become tallers and tiaras? Like, how do I do this? How do I win? How do I do this? Because that was, you know, fresh starting out. I started competing at age five, but back then you only knew what was local around you. We knew, you know, you knew Miss America, you knew Miss USA, but now 
with all these different pageants, you have to use the internet. And so you definitely capitalized on that in the very beginning because nobody else did that. That is so awesome because I, you know, I'm first hearing this. We had chatted once before, but like I had always just been infatuated with the idea of a one-stop shop that kind of has everything of how-tos, you know, all that my favorite was always the questions. My mom and I would, she'd print out like from the website, the questions. And that's what we would go over to prepare for like Little Miss South Carolina. Like it was like baby pageants. <laughs> and so it's funny that how far like I've, you know, gone back using your site, especially now seeing where it is today. And one of the things that we had kind of talked about before this, I may be getting ahead a little bit, but you guys, you know, you've been flourishing a lot in the pageant world, but you're getting ready to come out with an app. If you want to tell the listeners a little more about that, so they can definitely be, you know, interested on the turnout when that comes out. Yeah. So the app is going to launch um, October around, around October. I keep adding new features to it. So it keeps getting prolonged a little bit. I'm going to probably have to hire another developer to keep it on time. Um, But if you're not familiar with the site as a contestant, um, basically you create a free, I mean, everything's pretty much free. There's paid options, but you can pretty much do the majority of the things for free. So you create a free profile you link yourself to an upcoming pageant and then we auto generate for you a preparation timeline, like full of to do's. So we're like, Oh, your pageant is six months away. Here's what you need to do. And here's what you should have already done. And you just work your way down through the to do's. So especially for new contestants that are overwhelmed on what to do, like it's a godsend because you don't have to think about when you have to buy a custom dress or start walking, like start practicing your walk or start practicing your interview. Like, and there's questions there's things that we tell you to do as a newbie contestant that you don't even think about because you don't even know because you've never competed before. So you don't even know what questions to ask. Um, so, but with the app, what's nice is like, you'll get push notifications like, Oh, you got a new to do. Oh, okay. Got it. So you can go in and look what you're supposed to do and then check that off. Um, there's also a full, like you can, uh, a full forum area on the site where you can ask questions and get free advice that way. So if you're competing for a specific event, you can tag that event. And so like it creates a chain of like, okay, everybody who's competing in this one event, they can all talk back and forth each other. It's kind of like our version of Facebook group, if you will. Um, And then there's whole like style check, which solves the problem of two contestants showing up to the same pageant, wearing the same dress. So you can reserve your dress to keep your clothing uh, and identity a secret. So, but the app can do all those fun things. And for directors too, the biggest challenge is, you know, you know, cause you, you, you're a director also Casey, but um, it's getting contestants to actually turn in things. So if you're a contestant listening to this, if you want to get on your director's bad side, don't turn in things on time and like do, and just do not wait to the last minute to start asking your director questions. If they send you deadlines are there for a reason, like just hit the deadline or before. Right. Um, so, but with the app, what we do is if your director uses our contestant management software, which is also free, um, you get push notifications as a contestant when you have the app that says, oh, you got to be in ballroom B for rehearsal at this time. Or, oh, your paperwork's due. Oh, your headshots are due. And then you can submit it right through the app. Right now, you can do all those things on the website, but obviously, you're not carrying around your desktop. So, we're not able to send you a push notification. But um, so that's just some of the fun things that you can do. And of course, it's going to bring the, the conversation of the pageant community alive 
because it's all going to be right there from your app too. So you can, you can chat back and forth message contest or message coaches and photographers, people that you're thinking about hiring. You can do all those fun things through the app also. One of the things you definitely hit on was it notifying your director, especially for paperwork. It can be very difficult when girls are, you know, just ghosting a director when you're asking for their paperwork. And it's, you know, it really does help show which ones are dedicated to the pageant system and which ones are simply just trying to grab another crown. And so as a director, like it is so nice to, you know, hear that that is going to be a feature that is available for us. And it's not only just for the pageant girls of the world, it's also for everyone else in it. Like you said, photographers and, you know, different coaches as well as different pageants. And one of my favorite things that I hope that y'all somewhere add into this, I guess it'll be similar to the website is the ratings. That is my favorite thing that you guys have for all of the pageant systems out there because there's a new one popping up every day. You open a new door, there's another one. So it's very interesting to kind of already hear firsthand from people that competed the year previously or, you know, either it's a good thing or it's a bad thing. So it's really nice to hear both sides of the story of contestants that have competed in different pageant systems if you're looking into it because that is one of the biggest things I always preach to people is do your research. And I think you guys are definitely very helpful with that of like, you know, what kind of questions should you ask those directors? What should you be asking, especially in interview or, you know, if you're interviewing a director, like most of the time I am doing, that does help because then you can hear firsthand from them what their system's actually about, what their morals are. Is this going to be a value to your life and your things that you're interested in, such as community service base, or, you know, maybe you want a really big scholarship package, or maybe you just want an awesome cruise. (laughs) So it's those great things that it definitely adds on there that is so helpful, especially being a competitor, as well as being a director, and being a podcast host for the pageant world. So it really does kind of help with all of those different things. You guys are a one stop shop for all of that, which is so amazing, especially coming from my side of being in three different gray areas basically <laughs> yeah and, and you're not alone there's so i mean most most contestants you I mean you get your start as a contestant then obviously you get asked to judge and then you get asked to MC, like especially once you start winning um and then after you have some experience girls are like hey can, can you help me so then that puts you in the coach category and then from you like you kind of graduate and then you're a director but the thing i want to encourage the contestants who are listening is we make such a big deal about using your voice to help the platform. And that's true. You should do that. And there's no bigger platform than the industry that we're all involved with. Like use your voice to weed out the directors that are not great and to promote the directors who are. And you do that through reviews and directors can like, they can make you sign something. You will not leave a negative review. It's not enforceable. Like, and I mean, I get threatened with attorneys weekly. I mean, contestants, directors, coaches, like I'm going to bring my attorneys to you. And it's laughable. It's really so silly because one, you're not. And two, anybody who's actually serious about bringing an attorney to you, they don't threaten. You get papers in the mail. I know that because I've been sued by Trump you know, and I turned out fine. So um, the thing is, like, at the end of the day, like, 
you and Yelp actually had a really big lawsuit where somebody was trying to get them to take down the negative reviews and Yelp won. And that was really big for us too. I mean, it proves that you cannot threaten with legal action to take down reviews because there's precedent now. So um, we do have directors that's like, delete my profile. And then you look, it's like, oh, that's why you want to get deleted. Because you've got like 33 negative, like one-star reviews. Well, no, because of this. And it's in our terms of service because that's one of the reasons why pageants cannot delete their profile. Because if not, then contestants don't have a fair way to really see if that pageant is quality or not. Because it's not like you can just Google them and they're not going to feature on their website all the negative comments and reviews that they've had. So um, that's one of the reasons why we do it. And it's like, it's a lot of pushback from directors. But even though like, you know, directors pay us money, our real client is the contestants, right? Because I mean, there's no industry without the contestants. I feel like that's something that people definitely forget is that you can't have a pageant world without the pageant girls. We are, you know, what makes most of this entire industry. So you definitely, you know, you've got that one perfectly correct that the loyalty basically lies with the girls. And I know a few years ago, there was a a little bit of controversy over a posting thing that you guys like to do, which is hit or miss, which I want to put my little opinion on there. I love hit or miss. I think when I thought about the post that you guys did, I never once judged a girl in the photo. I always judged the outfit of, oh, wow, I like that. Or mm, maybe not that color, those kind of things. But there has always been this like uproar of, oh my goodness, you're degrading women. You're being mean. But I kind of wanted to let you shed light on that situation because it definitely was not what that ever was meant to be. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, like, when you're in pageantry, I mean, we've been doing this. Gosh, I came up with that idea. I think it was like 2012, something. Um, I was like, oh, like hit or miss. And it was like, you can't say that. Like hit or miss, you can't say that. And meanwhile, like at every pageant, when a girl walks on stage, you're whispering to your friend, I love that dress. Oh, that, that dress is awful. I don't like that color. They're all whispering back and forth. You're doing it. You're not saying the girl is horrible. You're just commenting on the dress. And like the impact for me was zero. Like you should say, you should see the things that people write about me and Pageant Planet. Like that's way more derogatory and inflammatory than anything else that's ever been posted on the Intermiss. But um, so part of the uproar and there, we actually stopped doing it because um, we, this was after Chesley took her life. And there was a big uproar where um, somebody commented that, like, basically we were the cause of Chesley and other, like, the suicide rate because of posts like that. Um, and there was, like, there was a few people that messaged. But the thing is, like, I'm not ever taken into a vocal minority. Right. Because you there's always a minority that's vocal that we like I'm a scumbag because I do A, B or C or whatever. You're always going to have those comments. And the bigger you're following, your your haters increase in proportion to your fans. Right. So, like, if you don't want a lot of haters, 
don't make an impact in the world because they grow proportionate. Look at any celebrity, right? So with, with this, the uproar kept happening. And, and the challenge of some of the uproar is like um, that there was a director who was, who um, had this big post and I, I won't say their name, but where they just slammed us, but then they didn't tag us and nobody else tagged us either. So it wasn't until like a staff member found it was like, Hey, did you, did you know this post like a week ago? And there's like, I don't know, I think like 60 comments. Well, then it's like, all right, well, she said she was posting it directly to us, but then didn't tag us. if we didn't have the opportunity to defend ourselves. So then I went through and just commented to every, every one and like shared the facts. I mean, it makes no sense for me to try to ostracize or push away the audience. Like that's just really just would be unintelligent for me as a business owner. So when you go back through and you and you, you reply to these contestants and coaches and directors, it's amazing. Like, oh, I'm so sorry you miss like the emails. I'm so sorry you misunderstood that. I was being sarcastic. I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry my sarcasm didn't come through. All these kinds of things that that, that happen. Oh, you know we love you. I just you know she made a good point in this uh, subsection C. Um, but so what we decided to do was like. All right. Uh, and my staff gets really nervous about things that I bring up. I was like, well, let's just post a video and say, like, is our hit or miss a hit or miss? And just let people vote. I'm like, it's going to be anarchy. Oh, my gosh. So you can't say that. And at the end of the day, you just say it. And I was like, okay, everybody's talking about it anyway. So what is it? And you can still look on our Instagram feed. It's there. It's like, is our hit or miss or hit or miss? And it was actually really close. And I was like, okay, whatever you decide. If you say it's a miss and I'm destroying people's lives because they hit or miss, I'll just remove it and I'll think of something else. Well, it, it, the vote was like, I don't know, it was pretty close. It was like 60-40, uh, you know, something something along that, those lines. But majority won and here we are. And what happened, the impact of us, our engagement went way down. Our followers, our new weekly followers, way down. And it's like we, we're now trying to come up with a new strategy so we can serve the audience. So it's been my experience, typically, like the majority is almost always wrong. <laughs> and, but at the same time, I made a commitment that I would follow the majority. So we, I mean, I literally hire people to scan the comments and catch any anti-bullying. And we've evolved as a company. Like when I first started Hit or Miss, I definitely didn't do that. I didn't have a staff. I work for free and everybody else worked for free. Um, I paid for the privilege to do Pageant Planet for like the first five years. Um, but we ended up stopped doing it. And now we're like, I mean, I was just talking with our marketing company that new marketing company I hired. I'm like, okay, we, we got to get a new social strategy because our engagement stinks. And, you know, we used to do hit or miss and told them the backstory. And so we've now brainstormed a few things and some new strategies should be coming up like starting next week. But that's kind of the story behind it. I mean, at the end of the day, like I'm a human, I'm growing, I'm evolving. Um, I've never built a company of this size before a global community and I'm figuring it out like I'm human, you know, and I'll make mistakes and um, probably what I probably should have done. is just like, whatever, I'm still doing hit or miss. 
unfollow me. That's probably what would have been the better move, you know, but I chose not to do it. And, but at the same time I committed. So like my integrity to the audience and to my fans is that if I say I'm going to do something, I got to do it. And whether I like the outcome or not. And I didn't love the outcome of not doing hit or miss anymore because it's ultimately hurting the brand and the profitability and that can impact my staff, you know, your family too, you know? So, um, and it's like how else do you creatively get fashion out in front of people so that they'll see it? Yeah, I can post fashion all day long, but if there's not engagement, the algorithm doesn't cater to you. So nobody sees it. So people are like, oh, highlight the positive things. Highlight the positive things of badgery. The challenge is nobody engages on positive things and nobody sees it. So even back in the day when we were posting pageant news, we were posting positive and we were posting negative, but only the negative things got engaged on. So it was like, oh, pageant play only focuses on a negative. Why are you doing all this? Like, it's not Steven, it's the algorithm and what you who are listening to this, what you engage on. So you have to like, you, it's easy to villainize a brand and the bigger that the brand becomes, it's easier to villainize. So because it's no longer Steven behind it, it's like pageant planet. Um, so it's way easier to villainize Apple than if you're sitting across the table from the CEO of Apple, right? So um, that's the story behind hit or miss. But honestly, once a quarter, I mean, I, it just clockwork. Once every three or four months, somewhere in the world is very angry at Pageant Planet for some post, something they stumbled upon, an email, um, and they're vocal about it on social, and their friend group says, yes, I remember six years ago where they did this, and it's very real to them, and that's just the industry, and that's okay. That's okay, because you know what? It actually... On the flip side, it's never hurt our brand when someone talks negative about us. Actually, because I track as much as I can. And our brand is always more profitable and we always get more followers and more traffic when somebody talks negative about us. Because if you think about it logically, here's what happens. You say Pageant Planet is stupid because of A, B, and C. Okay, great. You give us a social shout out and you have 10,000 followers. First, thank you. That's like massive free advertising. Let's say 2,000 of those people don't know who we are. So like, so they Google us. They stumble upon Passion Plan. Like, oh my gosh, this is a lot of great resources. I mean, and like people, people are smart. They'll think for themselves. And so, and of course, people will chime in and they'll have their own stories. And even those people will be like, oh, well, I'm going to see what Passion Plan is up to. Well, they haven't been on our site for six months, a year. And we're cranking out new features like every like week, one week to three weeks, we have like new features going on. And like, whoa, like we just did a full brand refresh on our site today. Well, if you was if if you haven't been on our site today yet, then it's like you come there, you come back tomorrow, and you're like, oh my gosh, this thing was completely different. So all that stuff helps. And people start poking around and then they have a different experience of what's there. So logically, it makes sense why it happens. Um, so people that think that they're hurting us, actually, they help us statistically. And it gives me a platform where I can go and give people facts about what we do. Now, me responding to one person doesn't really like change the world. 
but that one person now knows the difference, whether they'll admit it or not. And the hundreds of people that will read it after and ongoing because the internet's forever, that they'll be like, oh, wow, this is the CEO behind Pageant Planet. And he's responding to these people that have like 2000 followers or whatever. And he's responding to every comment in a professional way. That gives them a much better experience of the brand. And they start to be able to choose for themselves who's the crazy in all of that. It really is. People don't understand. I'm laughing because I literally have my social media marketing for dummies book next to my bed. That's why I kept looking because I'm like, yep, there's another one. Yep, there's another one. People don't understand the algorithm. It's almost like the sentence of, you know, any publicity is good publicity because no matter what, your name is out there. Somebody's reading it. They're seeing it. They're clicking it. That is normally how it works. And I can speak firsthand, uh, especially for the TikTok algorithm. Let me tell you how fast it is. So I had been upset with uh, a company in the pageant world who I have now rekindled our relationship with, but I will not say their name. Um, I was trying to sell a piece of clothing and I had never really used Poshmark before, but I'd always use another app called Curtsy and I would sell like t-shirts and stuff. So it was regular clothing, not pageant clothing. So I did not realize the difference in how much percentage was being taken. So I was really angry because as a person in the pageant world, you know how expensive this hobby and sport can be. So I was trying to flip an outfit to buy a new one because I just got a custom outfit done and those are not cheap. So I had, you know, taken to TikTok in my five seconds of anger and I didn't say one negative cuss word, nothing bad. It was just the sentence of like, I will never use this again. I'm so upset. And the video was up, I think, a max of 12 minutes, 12 minutes. And I had five hours later in my email, a five page email from the CEO of the company telling me why she started it, what this means to her. And I I have never been more frightened in my entire life that in a 12 minute live TikTok that I immediately removed 12 minutes later because I realized I'm building my own personal brand. I'm not going to let others think that I'm here to tear down other people in our community. And I had to, you know, quick backtrack. I was angry. And I've now learned that the first thing you do not do is pick up your phone. You take a walk. You empty your head, get a new cup of coffee, do whatever you need to do. You don't take to something that can be out there forever. And within the 12 minutes, I learned that. And I have been, you know, like I said, I've been rekindling this <laughs> this relationship with this company for a while now, trying to get new networks between us and, you know, people that we can have in common to, you know, kind of chat this over because I made a quick decision that ultimately cost me a connection in this entire pageant world. And that was definitely a learning curve. And so when I tell, you know, I like to talk, I'm a media savvy person. That is one word to describe me perfectly. I run six different social media accounts. Like I am on social media 24 seven. So when I like to, you know, give my girls that I'm working with, or even just our national Queens, or even just sister Queens, you know, baby girls out there explaining the positive things that social media can give you, but also things that you have to remember to be careful of. And that was one of the things that I took as a lesson. And like you said, it it is frightening when you receive a message from the CEO. And I mean, my brother who is, he's literally my manager is what I call him. And we sat there for about two and a half hours trying to come up with an email of like, okay, how do we save this relationship? How do we, you know, get something out of it? Maybe get her on the podcast, whatever we can do to, you know, let me verbally apologize to this person. And 
never got an email back. <laughs> but it was just one of those things that I didn't realize how quick social media works and how little that I did made a huge impact on ultimately what could have affected my career of being in the pageant world. And so that was something like, I don't really share that story, but I feel like you understand to this because being a CEO of a company in the pageant world, it is hard. And another question I wanted to ask you was, you know, being a male in the pageant world is almost like a taboo thing sometimes. It's, you know, owning a pageant company as a male How does that make you feel? Does it make you feel like you have some sort of power or have you ever had any sort of negative effect come off of it because they're not claiming you to be this, you know, women-owned, boss babe business? You know what I'm saying? Well, when I started, I mean, I was single and, you know, because I have a seminary background, I didn't necessarily hit on everything in sight, right? So then they thought I was gay. So then, like, whenever I went to pageants, like at first, like guys would want to hang out and I'd be like, oh yeah, like I'll grab a cup of coffee with you. I'm from a really small city in Ohio. So like, I mean, I'll talk to anyone. Um, and then I'm like, oh no, this, this feels like a date. And that it, and so I'd start saying, hey, it, like, okay, just so you know, like, if a guy wanted to reach out and like have coffee, it's fine. Like, but just so you know, like I'm not gay never been gay will never be gay like women i've always liked women and will marry a woman as as long as you're fine with that like i mean i'll have a cup of coffee and hang out with you uh, and so that was probably the biggest thing um well i'll back up when i first started um and i was trying to get interviews with girls that was challenging because i'm like hey like i got this blog i'm doing like can i interview you because i didn't know anything about pageantry um and a lot of girls would just ignore me, like on Facebook, Twitter, whatever. Um, I say a lot, like all. Uh, <laughs> so, um, but the thing is, because I didn't know anything, it really gave me a superpower. I'm like, well, what? How do you put on eyelashes? Hair? What are hair extensions? Like what? Like exfoliating? You know? So I could ask all these questions, and I could write articles about it because I didn't know. I mean. like I was literally writing articles because it was just me and my goal, my commitment was I'll write three articles a day, every day, never miss a day. And just me. And I I mean, I was writing articles about women's menstrual cycle and what to do if like you're at the pageant and this happens. And and I didn't have a logo. So it was just like my face. I'd post it on social media, which is just so silly when I think about it. Oh gosh, it's just embarrassing. But you know, I was just like, "Oh, okay, this would be a good question because what do girls do? Like, like, what if you're backstage and like Mother Nature happens?" And I could ask those questions because I was just, I'm a straight man. What do I know about anything, especially beauty related? Um, But the good news is, is I also had five sisters, so and I don't have any brothers, so they, they, I think maybe one of them competed in a small small pageant, but, um, it, it would, it, it, it allowed me to be open to ask those, um, because like, sometimes I feel like men in general are a bit nervous to ask questions like that because they're not comfortable in their manhood and me being surrounded by dominant, powerful women my whole life. I just had a different definition of what manhood was. And so, I wasn't threatened by the color pink or, 
exfoliating my face and doing skincare. Um, I mean, I get Botox, you know, I'm not threatened by that. Um, my wife and I, we own a med spa. So like we, we were, we're in this world. So, um, I think it was my advantage because a lot of times what would hold you back in life, like you in general, you listening, you're like, Oh, I'm not able to do this because of my, this is a weakness. When in reality, that weakness is really your strength. The fact that I didn't know anything about pageantry was strength because I could come into the industry with humility, but most people in the industry are not that. And when you talk with coaches or directors, a lot of them, and this is the blanket statement, of course, not all of them are, you know, but there's a lot of like, there's an edge about them, like where they know, or they feel like they have to present that they know with me. I like, I just don't, I don't know. And I mean, I'm good at like three things. And outside of those three things, I need help. And my three things are I'm creative. I come up with a lot of ideas. I'm strategic. I know which ideas to implement. And I'm good communicating. Outside of that, I am busted. I need help. And so, like, makeup is not in there. Fashion is not in there. None, none of those things. So, you know, know what your strengths are. And any of your perceived weaknesses are, in fact, your strengths. That is definitely a good one to add. I was doing a mock interview last night and going into it, you know, you go through the questions in your head, what can they ask me? And one of them was in my head of, you know, what is your weakness? And I always say like, oh, I'm notorious for losing socks. That's my weakness. Because I always like to be honest. Like I go into an interview being honest because that's how they're going to fall in love with you. It's not... Because I, like, you can look at me and you would never know, but I work for Lockheed Martin. I am an absolute computer nerd. You would never know it. I'm in pageants, wearing heels, doing all these great things, doing interviews with all these amazing people. But deep behind everything, I am just the nerd. Like, that is me. And so being able to go into interview, like, my personality is very quirky and extroverted and funny and weird because I've got all this, like, (laughs) my coach likes to call me the weird piece of cheese because she's like, you're just so different in such a good positive way that we just never knew. So that's always one of the things is I say the most random questions, but thinking how you said that it's, you know, your weakness was you didn't know anything about pageants, but that ultimately became your strength. This is something that you have basically profited of and made all of these new things. And I want to go back to you talking about menstrual cycles because that is, that is a solid one. That is too funny, but it's so amazing that you're so vulnerable to admit that you didn't know. And that is a okay because coming into the pageant world, I have moms that will not put their kid in a pageant at a specific time of the year at a specific time of the month, because they don't want to have to deal with their kid having issues. And that's one of those things that you never really had to think about or ever had to like expect. And I feel like that's more of like my mom, not trying to talk about my menstrual cycles, but my mom was always like, you are now an adult like in this situation. You need to handle this. You need to kind of like she pushed me into learning how to deal with myself in that situation so it wasn't an issue for everyone. And so that's really interesting. That is something that hasn't come up in one of my tips and tricks of, you know, hey, if this happens, hint, hint, cough, cough. But that's definitely one of those things that you don't expect to happen. But it's so funny that you had to, you know, come up with all these things from a male perspective of like, here's how you can put in hair extensions or here's how you do eyelashes. And, you know, it's just the craziest things that starting from where you did to where you are now is amazing and very 
crazy, honestly, how you went from, you know, just writing all of your doing three a day. You're like, I'm just going to keep doing it. I'm going to keep doing it to having this entire brand. Like it is really awesome. And I'm just amazed by everything you've done. It is so different and it's not something somebody had thought of before. And you definitely capitalized on that idea, which was kudos to you because <laughs> here you are, you know, being the the face behind pageant planet. And that's what I wanted the viewers to hear more about who you are, the situations that you've had to deal with, especially being a male in the pageant world and how different and unexpected people are from this conversation because they didn't really know you. And so now they have a better sense of who you are, what you've done and where you've come from. And so I'm really glad that you were able to share on this podcast more about you. And that's what I like to emphasize of like, why are you here? Why did you join this community? You know, what keeps you here? It's that why rather than like, let me tell you about this crazy story. It's the, why do I want to keep coming back? Why do I want to open up my laptop every day and continuing on this journey? And so I'm just really glad that you could share that with the listeners, especially. But I think we've come to that point in the podcast where I like to ask everyone the same final question. In what way has pageants positively impacted you? Hmm. Well, th there are a lot, but the number one is I found my wife through pageantry. So, and that has been my biggest blessing. And I remember in 2014, I was just praying and I was like, okay, God, what, what goals can I achieve this year? And I really felt like, okay, I, I should, I, I want to make a goal to meet my wife. And there was a financial goal too. Um, and so I'm like, okay. Well, when I hit this financial goal, then I'll feel secure enough to like kind of bring on a wife. So um, I made a list of what I want in a wife. And I was talking to my mentor and he's like, what are your goals? I told him my goals. He was like, oh, you want to meet your wife? Have you made a list? I was like, yeah, I've made a list. And he was like, he said, are you your list? And I was like, I don't know. And so I looked at my list and there was 10 things that I wanted in a wife that I wasn't as a man. And he's like, all right, cool. Like when you become your list, you'll find your wife because you attract who you are. And so I made a commitment and I said, okay, I will work on one attribute each month um, until I become my list. And then that'll give me two months to find my wife and no big deal. And so like, it was, I mean, like I wanted a wife that could cook, you know, so like the month of January, I didn't eat out, cooked all my meals, things like that. So in the final month in October, I was working on the final attribute, which is being present, not playing on my phone or just mentally just trying, just being in the conversation, not thinking about what I'm going to say next or thinking about what I need to do, but just being just present. And she and I started dating on um, October the 26th of that, of that year. And we both knew within the first week that like that we were each other's person. So, and that's why we started dating that fast. And then, you know, about a year and a half later, we were married and here we are like six years, six years later. So, and that's why I live in Massachusetts because she competed. She was like competed in Miss Mass USA. Um, aged out when one Miss Mass United States. And then I was their MC in Miss Mass United States. Um, and then like we saw each other like a few months later at a fashion show. And that's how we like connected. Um, I, 
again, going back to the gay thing, the organizer thought I was gay. So they're like, do you want to go back and like hang out with the models? Like the show's still getting ready. I was like, okay. So I went back there and she was there and she just happened to be modeling in New York. And even though she was from Massachusetts. So I'm like, Hey, I, I think I remember you. And then that's how we, that's how we connected. And here we are. That is so awesome. That's such a good story too. That another thing that people had no clue, but it really is interesting that God, you know, works in mysterious ways. And it's, I really like that your mentor mentioned, you know, make that list. But if you're not what you are on your list, like how do you expect, you know, someone to be compatible with the same thing as you're trying to find someone basically opposite or it's something that you're not. So that's such a good thing. I'm definitely going to pass that one on to my brother because <laughs> that's one of those things is you said being present and he's always present, but he's a very studious guy. He loves to read books and he's always thinking about, you know, other things, but definitely being present. And I feel like that's a, that's a good one that he needs to learn. <laughs> that's so awesome. But thank you again, Steven, so much for being on this episode today. I cannot wait for everyone to hear everything that you've said. This is so awesome. And I hope that they, you know, pick up some tidbits more about you and definitely have a, I have a whole new respect for who you are and what you've done. And I really appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to chit chat with me and get to know me a little more as well as me getting to know you a little more. And you know, guys, you never know what happens in the future. So I guess you'll have to check out next week on another episode of The Crowning Moment. Bye, guys. Bye.